Welcome to the Stop Dieting Podcast, hosted by best-selling, award-winning author and renowned weight loss expert, David Medansky. If you struggle to lose weight or you've lost weight and gained it back, you'll want to listen each week. Each week, you will learn tips for healthy weight loss without going on a diet, without having to follow an exercise program, without counting calories, or having to purchase special meals or products. The Stop Dieting Podcast is more than just about healthy and sustainable weight loss. You will also learn how you can have more energy, feel better, get rid of brain fog, and improve your overall health. Stay tuned for another informative and insightful episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. Hi, welcome to another episode of Stop Dieting. Today, our guest is Dawn Shale. She's the podcast host of Living Life Dark to Dawn, a Rock Solid, and she's also a certified life coach. Welcome to our first episode, Dawn. It's a privilege to have you as a guest today. Hi, David. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and honor to be here. So thank you for that introduction. And my podcast is actually Living Light, Dark to Dawn, Rock Solid. And that's totally fine. It's because my, my name is Dawn. So it's like Entrance of Light, which is the name of my business as well. So I like to use word light or dawn, sunrise. You had a interesting story about how you were named by your father. Oh, yes. I was born at dawn. I was born at dawn. My mom was actually 45 years old when she got pregnant and her and my dad were each other's third marriage. So that's all part of my story. And so, yeah, September, I was born in the fall, just right after the official date of fall. And I was at dawn. And so my dad came up with the name, you know, how about we name her dawn? She was born at dawn. So all purpose, purpose driven. (laughs) That's an interesting story. So thank you for sharing that with us. Of course. I'm an open book. <laughs> we were talking off air a little bit about the longevity. And I was saying there's a great book called Ikigai, the Japanese yeah. secret for a long and happy life. And I was saying that I do my best to fight against getting older. What was your comment about that? Well, you know, I like to say that I don't fight against getting older. I, I would say I rise above it or just flow from heart space as in, cause I'm all about leading people back to the heart of who they are. I've always been a heart person. I'm an empath. If anyone knows what that is, it's a highly sensitive person, HST intuitive type thing. And so I believe in my philosophy is, and I believe it to be truth that when we live in our heart centered space, and we're connected to our own power. We don't have to fight against anything. We just flow towards things. We just flow into life instead of fighting against because fighting is resisting. And resistance is like a negative thing because when you resist, you get more of what you don't want by resisting. So when you just welcome and allow and you just flow from what you want into what you want, then it happens and manifests way more easily. So what I understand you're saying is uh, focus on what you want instead of what you don't want, because as Oprah says, what we focus on expands. So that way, focus on the positives instead of the negatives. Absolutely. Absolutely. What we think about, we bring about. And these are all quotes that other people have said. I write my own material. Nothing of mine is coming to me at all right now. But absolutely. I mean, a positive mindset, you know, and how I work with people and what I've discovered is that 
sometimes people try to get a hold of their thinking because thoughts are running through our minds all day long. And sometimes thoughts come in and we don't have to believe everything we think. And sometimes it's a radical thought, like where'd that come from? But I think that when we're grounded in here and we're grounded and aligned in our heart center, we then drive the mind to think the way we want it to. And it's more productive. It'll produce the things that we're after. That's terrific. It seems like you know what your purpose is in life. And that's one of the things that Ikigai talks about is finding your meaning or your purpose to get up each morning. So can you tell the audience how you went from the corporate world to helping other people? Well, sure. I worked in corporate most of my life because it was where the money was. And most people in life, they just follow the money. They just go for what's going to yield them the most income with the least amount of stress and pressure, which, you know, the past 10 to 20 years, it's like, I mean, there's just stress and pressure everywhere, which that's the whole other thing. I wrote something the other day about, you know, humans, we weren't brought here to master working under pressure. And what's the other thing that I said the other day, because it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I've been saying this for years, but mastering working under pressure, oh, in a stressful environment, we weren't meant to work against the heart flow. And there's rarely heart in business. I mean, not every business, but so it's like the cardinal sin to, to have feelings and to actually feel into things on the job. And so I was at work back in 2009 and I had a rip off calendar of quotes on my desk and it was written. I don't, I forgot the author's name, forgive me. Most people should have heard of don't sweat the small stuff. And so prior to that, I had lived in Minnesota and I had two years ago, I was involved in church and ministry and stuff. And I had to put together my own one-liner booklet where, and so I had some experience with writing and putting one-liners together, you know, such as what you think about, you bring about, but I wrote my own book of this. And so I was drawn to this author's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it turned into a thing with everybody around. And we kind of look forward to reading it every day and sharing what tomorrow's going to say, you know? And so I eventually was laid off from this job, which I was so thankful and relieved because I wanted to have so much and I wanted to pursue my own purpose. But the financial situation was an issue at the time. I couldn't just quit. And so I got laid off. I got severance and unemployment, which was you were allowed to do this. And I accumulated and I drove to California by myself. I had like my own eat, pray, love experience. And I became a life coach out there because it was always in my heart to want to help people, to somehow want to empower and elevate and encourage and inspire people. And I wasn't sure how to start or what to do. And so you know, when you follow your heart, you do need a plan. I will say that you definitely need a plan. The plan unraveled with time. It started with a, you know, a website. And then I just started writing. I started writing my own material and I started posting it in Facebook and social media and it got great feedback. And you still do that every day. So if people want to reach out on Facebook, they can connect with you and see your posts that you post every day. And you also created an ebook with some of your Saints too, correct? Yes. Yes. And you helped me with it. You proofread it. And I thank you so much for that. What's the title of your book? The title is 60 Days of Soul Affirmations for Increasing Your Awareness and Raising Your Vibration. And you're going to give that away to people That's for free. Yeah. If anybody would love a copy, reach out to me, call me, write me, text me, whatever, and I'll send you a copy. And they can reach on Facebook? 
Yes, Facebook, Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, but nobody really uses Twitter much. But yes, so Facebook, Messenger, all my posts, everything's public. My page is public. And your last name is spelled S-C-H-A-L-E, correct? Yes. Just so people spell it correctly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I learned is that when we're younger, a lot of us will spend our health chasing wealth. And then as we get older, we start spending our wealth chasing good health. So you need to have a little balance with that. Absolutely. The other thing is with Ikigai, they talk about in Japan, there's no word they have for retirement. That the people in Okinawa who live to be over 100 and one of the blue zones is they just keep mentally and physically active all the time, that they don't look forward to not being productive or working. What's your thoughts about that? I'm a little familiar with Japanese culture. Many years ago, I actually had a roommate, an exchange student from Japan years ago. He came to play baseball here. He wanted to play American baseball. They're very disciplined people. They're very honorable. It's a very honorable for the most part, like generally speaking, for the most part, it's a very honorable culture. They're very disciplined. They take what they do seriously. They have a lot of pride in their work. They pride themselves in their creativity and they have a real connection with what their purpose is. And so they don't fool around with life. I mean, the United States of America is an interesting country. You know, it said, oh, we're the greatest nation in the world. And I do believe I love my country. I believe in our freedoms. Absolutely. And all that. But I have traveled abroad quite a bit, not to Japan. I know people have been to Japan but just being familiar with other cultures, other cultures seem to have a real handle, more of a handle on really doing what they love in life and pursuing their creativity and using their creativity, using their gifts and talents to produce. And so I think where the health is concerned, it's just part of their conviction. They just have a conviction for health. I mean, we're like the fast food, carb addict, you know, Yeah, they call it the SAD diet, which stands for standard American diet, which is burgers, fries, fast food, convenience foods, pizzas, sandwiches, you know, pastas, everything that is unhealthy and bad for us. It's true. When I went to Sweden, I mean, I went to Sweden twice and I got to walk around the cities with my cousins, walking through the mall. You don't see, and I mean, no shame or judgment. You don't see obese, overweight people walking around everywhere. You just don't see it. People are mostly trim and fit. And I was there in the summer and the winter. And whichever season, people walk everywhere. They love walking around, like in the neighborhoods. People go for walks. They exercise aware, conscious of taking care of themselves. My aunt, I think she just turned 90, I think. She just turned 89 or 90. And she looks great. Both her and my uncle, they're still married. They still go for their daily walks. I mean, they're not, you know jumping on the trampoline anymore, but they've taken care of themselves. And this really is the culture of a lot of countries. It really is. That's interesting that you talk about walking and physical activity because people get the too confused. They think exercise, you have to go to the gym and pump weights or use the machines when you really don't, you just need to be physically active. And one of the things I advocate is for people to be physically active is to walk. And an example I use is Rebel Wilson, who lost 77 pounds in a year, simply by walking an hour each day. Now, not everybody can spend an hour each day walking. However, there's another actress. And what she was doing is 
when she had a 10 minute break, instead of texting friends or going on social media, she was walking for 10 minutes and she do that four or five, six times a day. Well, if you do that, you're getting 40, 50, 60 minutes in throughout the whole day, which is beneficial. And I know you like to be physically active and you exercise and you take care of yourself too. Yes. Not everybody's going to be a weight trainer. I weight train. I've been weight training since 2013. I've always worked out on the machines and I, I really don't like cardio, you know, like I'll go for walks sometimes, but I don't like getting on the cardio machines, you know, the elliptical machines and stuff, which they're really not that beneficial to just steady state cardio supposedly doesn't really burn fat and gain muscle, but walking does walking and running somehow there's something about the energy in the machine and I think connecting with the earth maybe like the outdoors that maybe there's something to that in conjunction with with that you know more than being stuck on a treadmill or elliptical machine in the gym but I think any movement you have to move no matter what I implore people to please move at least this is how people end up with joint issues and the aches and pains because they're not moving. They're not mobile. A body in motion stays in motion. Yeah, that's great. I like that. You know, yeah, I understand about connecting with nature because I'm blessed. We're two miles from the white tank mountain trailhead. So I get to go hiking in the white tanks and going out there, you know, on my hikes for an hour or two and just connecting with nature. It's very peaceful and very quiet. And I understand not everybody has that luxury or that blessing. A lot of people live in the cities, they have condos. So for them, you know, getting out may not be as easy. So that's why a lot of people tend to go to the gym. However, there's little things you can do at home that you don't need to invest the money in a gym membership. And unfortunately, most people don't use their gym memberships properly. Every January, (laughs) the New Year's resolutioners, they'll join the gym For the first two, three weeks in January, the gym is packed and then all those people fall off. Unfortunately, it just happens and gym owners know this. I've been through several gyms and they know that we got to get ready for the the new signups because everybody gets like, I'm going to go to the gym. It's new year, new me. And it's like, unfortunately, a date on the calendar doesn't mean a new life. It's being dedicated and loyal and committed to your own health, your own self on the regular, you know, and people say, I'm going to start the year off this way, join a gym and they end up quitting and, or they just, they're paying for this membership that they don't use, you know. I always find that interesting that people pick January 1st. However, between October and Halloween and New Year's Day, Thanksgiving and Christmas are in between and everybody seems to gorge themselves and the average person will gain anywhere from five to 10 pounds during those few months. So if you start in October and you avoid getting those five to 10 pounds, you're that much further ahead. The other thing is with people going to the gym in the beginning of the year is they do everything right. They're going to the gym, they're exercising, they're eating healthier, and they're not losing weight. So they get frustrated because the scale is not moving. And the reason that is, is because they're converting their fat to muscle. And as you know, muscle and fat weigh the exact same amount. Five pounds of muscle is five pounds of fat. The difference being is that the Muscle is denser and takes up a lot less room than fat. What I tell people is don't go by the scale because the scale will lie to you. Go by how your clothes will fit. Yeah. And that's why people quit. They give up. They say, the scale's not moving. Why bother? I don't own a scale. 
I've never owned a scale. When I went to Gold's Gym, that's a national brand, you know, years ago, they had the standing up professional scale, you know, that you stepped on. You step on all scales, but you know what I mean with the, like in a doctor's office, they had that kind of scale, not just a home bathroom scale. And I would weigh myself and I found that I was leaning down. I would get lean, but the scale wouldn't move. And I was just doing it out of curiosity because I knew that you're going to lean out. Your clothes are going to fit better. You're going to lose the fat. But like you said, muscles more dense. And so sometimes you actually gain weight. The scale might actually say you weigh more, but your clothes are looser. But of course, it's part of the conditioning that I won't mention the names, but all the things that we see on television, all the diets. And I always say, before I begin every podcast, I make the announcement and I say, David Medansky, Breaking the Chains of Dieting, check him out. He has a story, he's written a book. He's got, you know, it's like diets fail you. You didn't fail the diet. And so we'll see all these commercials for all these, you know, food order, whatever, and all this. And with the the national brands. Yeah. Yeah. And lose weight with this, lose weight with that. And it's scale oriented. It's scale driven. And so, so many, especially women, they're stuck on the scale. It's a myth. It's a farce. Well, that's true. And not only that, many people may not realize, but the weight charts that the doctors used were started in the 1940s by life insurance companies. And they would adjust them accordingly to make better profits to reduce their risk for insuring people. And then it was in 1985 that they reverted or converted to the BMI, the body mass index. And the body mass index is not the best way to measure your physical health. It doesn't distinguish between a bodybuilder and a couch potato. And what the body mass index is, it's a ratio between your height and your weight. And it was never designed by Adolf Quintland, who was the mathematician who came up with the formula to use for individual basis. It was more used for general public and social. So I find that interesting that the insurance companies are using the BMI. And again, it's another way for these national diet and weight loss brands to be deceptive to the public. What I usually tell people is the average person will start and attempt 126 different diets during their lifetime. Well, if diets worked, all these brands, companies would be out of business after a few years and we all be thinner and healthier. So obviously they're designed to fail and they don't work. They're temporary. And that's the difference. And I know you advocate lifestyle as I do. That's stunning. That really is stunning that there's that many diets and they really are designed to fail. I mean, just think about that. That's follow the money in a bad way. I mean, any follow the money is bad anyway, but total health and wellness, I think that sometimes people will try to lose the weight, but, you know, emotionally, this is what I found by personal experience too. When I was stressing, there was a period of time where I was eating right, going to the gym, doing my weight training, staying the course, eating clean all week, all those things, because I do allow myself one cheat day. But I gained all this weight and I couldn't figure out what it was because there was this measure of stress in my life because stress will also retain weight somehow. And as soon as I got out of that particular situation and moved on, the weight melted off. Like it just, I didn't change my diet because I hadn't changed my diet anyway, because I have been eating this way for years, probably 20 years. My exercise routine didn't change, but yet, okay, now the weight's coming off. So Sometimes it's stress, 
Sometimes there's just emotional baggage. Sometimes there's things that will cause you to retain weight on your body. It really will. And there's so many other things as well. I have a friend, he's done everything. He's all organic. I think blood type has something to do with it a little bit, but he tried absolutely everything. And he's now consulting with a practitioner who, and I forgot what it was, but is telling him, this is why you can't lose weight. It has nothing to do with what you're eating. There are many reasons why. Yeah, I had a similar experience when I was in my mid-20s. I went to a naturopath doctor because I was feeling tired. And so he went through my daily routine and what I was eating. And he looked at me, he says, you're doing everything right. The problem is you're doing too much. That's why you're tired. You need to slow down a little bit. Wow. Yeah, I was getting up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, running a couple of miles, working two jobs. I was eating healthy. It's just I wasn't giving myself enough time for rest and sleep. And one of the things I learned is that sleep, at least eight hours of quality sleep is very important for maintaining proper health. It so is. And you look great. You really do. Oh, thank you. You know, this is living proof right here. Well, for the audience who doesn't know, uh, it was July 2016 that my doctor told me based on being overweight and my lab results, I had a 95% chance for a fatal heart attack. And that's what put me in my journey to lose weight and keep it off. And I shed 50 pounds during the next four months. However, the biggest factor is I've kept the weight off. And I did that by changing my lifestyle. What I also learned in researching for the books is that 90% of people who lose weight on a diet regain it all within a year, some even more. So you keep it off. What is it that you do to just keep it off? I change my eating habits. I drink a lot more water now. So I drink anywhere from 80 to 100 ounces a day. 75% of the U.S. population is chronically dehydrated. And there's a direct correlation because 72% of the U.S. population is overweight. And what happens is a lot of times we're thirsty. We think we're hungry. So we eat instead of drinking water. And too many people drink soda, diet soda, fruit, beverages. So drinking pure water is healthier for you. And what I mean by pure water is distilled water or reverse osmosis water or spring water from a reputable source. Desante and Aquafina are Pepsi and Coca-Cola products. Those are not from spring water. That is filtered (laughs) tap water, basically. So that is a brand that I do not like to drink if I can avoid it. Smart Water is a very good brand. Fuji Water is a very good brand. And there's a couple other that are very good. So just be careful is what I tell people. Yeah, for being 67, I feel pretty good. And as you know, I climbed Kilimanjaro a month ago and got within four hours of reaching the top summit. So I tell people you're never too old and your body's an incredible machine and they give it the right fuel. And I know you take care of yourself too by eating properly and healthy. I'm so impressed with that that trip that you went on. I mean, there were so, the pictures were beautiful. I mean, it was just so unbelievable. But it's sad to me that, and people will actually joke about this. I see it go through like social media feeds. People will joke about, you know, I so much want to exercise, but I want this slice of pizza more and everybody laughs and they just think, and it's like, you don't understand what you're eating. It's okay to have pizza once in a while. I'm not saying don't do that or have tacos or 
I'm a huge pasta girl. I'm half Italian. I've been cooking my own gravy for 25 years. I can't give that up. I still eat meat, not every day. I not even once a week. I don't even eat meat once a week. But I think that people have not taken this seriously because like you're saying with the sodas, I haven't had a drink of soda in probably three years. It's yeah. been a long time. And I'm blessed here where I live. We have well water here. And so I actually filter the well water. So it's one thing to have well water, but I filter it. And so it's double the benefit. Really, it's good water. So I think that it's so important to, we only get one life. We get one chance, you know, in this body of ours. And it makes me sad that people will like hit 50 and then they put themselves out to pasture and they think that, well, I'm 50. I don't care anymore. And they, they deliberately let themselves go. Like, I'm tired of trying. I don't want to deal with this. I'm married. I've had my kids. It doesn't matter. I want to enjoy life now. So what do they start doing? It's the cookies, the cakes, all this stuff, and the, the extra helping of pasta, and then all the fast food companies that supersized everything. And it's like they equate enjoying life to eating a boatload of food. Where did this come from? And that's a good question. And I always look at it because I look at food as fuel for the body. Yes. I want to make sure I'm giving my body the best fuel. I mean, I joke about it, but it's serious that people take better care of their automobiles than they do their own bodies. They take care of their pets better and feed their pets better than they feed themselves or take care of themselves. And, you know, when you say people were 50, one of the statistics that alarmed me was if you're 50 and above, there's an 80% probability that you're type 2 diabetic or a pre-diabetic. And if you're a pre-diabetic, it means unless you change your lifestyle and eating habits, you'll be a full-blown type 2 diabetic within seven years. Imagine that. 80% of people were 50. And that's what you're saying is a lot of times they reach a certain number and they let themselves go. Or they've been eating this way, you know, the processed and manufactured foods that are made in laboratories with chemicals. They're toxic to the body. It won't kill you right away. It's a poison. It just builds up gradually. So after 10, yeah. 15, 20 years is when you start seeing the consequences of what we're doing. So that's why I advocate for people to change their eating habits and reverse that because type 2 diabetes is number one, preventable. And number two, it's reversible. And some people may argue it's not reversible. It just goes into remission. Whatever it is, you can stop it. And that's the important thing to understand. So you help people with the psychological, emotional, and mental aspect and spiritual aspect, correct? Yes, yes. Everything that we experience outside of us is as a result of what's going on in the inside. And that's a very broad statement, and it takes time to really consider and think about it and then break down the pieces of it. But I think that, you know, like I said earlier, the heart drives the mind. You know, we do need a positive mental outlook. We do need to think positive. If we have stuff going on down here, it's hard to keep the mind in check because this debris, and sometimes it's the subconscious driving us, and we can't get a hold of our thoughts because there's other stuff going on. But I think that, you know, once you get to a conscious space where you're aware of what you're doing and you become aware, then people start to take better care of themselves. Like I, I used to ride my bike along the Delaware towpath it's on the Delaware River. And so the Delaware divides Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And so as soon as I would get out there with my bike, there was just a different, a different vibe, a different energy with people that are just out biking and walking 
and out in nature. And they tend to also be, coincidentally, they might be a naturopath. They might be homeopathic or organic. And they're just more total health and wellness works all together. And so when we become aware spiritually and emotionally, then we say, oh, I need to take care of my body. I want to live. You would develop an appreciation for life. And so in that deeper appreciation for life, the bell goes off like, I want to take care of my body now. So people start like walking, hiking, riding their bicycle, going to the gym and all these different things. And usually spiritual, mental, and physical, the total health and wellness, it all works together. And people that are usually on a personal development path will have some form of exercise. Their diet is cleaner. On the other side of the coin, Sometimes if people are dealing with depression or they're not as conscious or maybe they're stuck in anger and bitterness and things, they use food, comfort food, and yeah. so their diet is poor. And it's just, you know, cycle that way. So I recommend cycle this way from the inside out. Yeah, it's interesting that you say it that way because I was listening to Dr. Bob Martin, and I don't know if he said it or Jim Rohn said it, but they advocate if you wear out your body, where else are you going to live? So that's a reason to take care of your body. Good statement. What is uh, one of the things you find working your clients that is the biggest resistance they have? Getting to the root. So every client will typically have something they really want, right? We all want something. Life is about wanting. It's about desire. It's about healthy desire. It's about progression and living our best life has now become cliche. So clients usually want help because they want something and because there's a deficit and they're not experiencing something. And so my job is to help them get to the root issue that is hindering them from experiencing what they want. And I've done this. People will kind of start trying to bypass or circumvent or go around or take the easy way out and not really deal with the real point of pain because nobody likes to feel pain. Nobody wants to be in pain, but it's temporary. It is absolutely temporary. None of us have been exempt from hurts, wounds, and sometimes trauma. And I use the word trauma loosely because my industry is abusing this word trauma. Not everything is a trauma experience. The problem is, is that a lot of people have pushed it down. They've embodied the hurts and the wounds. They've let it go, but they put it, pushed it under the rug in the closet. And hence, they're just still carrying this energy in their bodies. And depending on how long they've been carrying the energy or how long they've been believing lies that were maybe spoken to them when they were a kid from their parents or had an experience with a sibling or something like that, that energy that we have creates our outer experience because life is people and relationships. And usually what people want has everything to do with other people being involved. I mean, we're not islands. We have relationships and business connections and all these things. And so... So you help people release that negative energy that may be holding them back that they may not be aware of. Right. That's great. What's the best way for our audience to get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? I would say my website is www.dawnshale.com. My phone number is there. I mean, it's not a secret. Or reach out to me in social media. I prefer Facebook. I mean, Instagram is a different entity. I mean, you can message people on Instagram, but you can message me in 
Facebook or through my website, send me an email through that. I'll get that or just text or call me direct. And I'm good to respond within 24 hours. That's terrific. And also with Facebook, I know we communicate sometimes through Messenger that if someone wanted to get your free book, they can reach out to you and they can obtain it that way. Well, this has been a, a great episode. Thank you so much for being a guest and I appreciate your time and stay healthy and I look forward to the next episode. Thanks so much, Don. Thank you, David. It's been great. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Stop Dieting Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to get more healthy eating and lifestyle tips. Motivate and inspire others to be healthy by sharing with your friends. 